What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of The Main Stand, episode 29. As always, I'm Pat, joined by Josh and Mitch. What it do, baby? Fellas, it's only Wednesday. It is Wednesday, my dudes. It's been a long three days. Yeah, for real. Um, MLS kicked off over the weekend. That's definitely something we're going to get to chat about. But before we talk footy, how how is everybody? How how are we feeling on this uh, lovely evening? You know, feeling a little uh, stressed just from the work week. But, uh, you know, we're living, we're thriving. And it's uh, nice to look forward to a nice weekend of soccer uh, going to Minneapolis to watch Liverpool at the Liverpool supporter bar and then heading right to the Allianz for kickoff versus Nashville. So Saturday's going to be a movie. Hell yeah. That's so sick. You're going to be boozed up. <laughs> I cannot wait. Cause I'm still on antibiotics. My wisdom teeth just do not want to heal. Ugh, yeah. Mitch is down horrendously. Josh has had a stressful week and I didn't shower today. So out of boy, I can smell you from here. <laughs> You're that's, only down the road, so that's fine. <laughs> that's what the main stand's all about. We might not be a logistics company, but uh, no one, no one releases content like these boys. That's a fucking lootly. Uh, you guys just want to talk right into the footy. Uh, we can start with uh, with the MLS. Both draws. I mean, we we both got it. You had the harder game probably against Portland. We played Philly, which two tough teams, but uh, both came out with one point, which is fine for opening weekend. Yeah, I'll definitely take that away from home at a really, really tough stadium. Um, the fucking goal of the week got scored against the Revolution. Yeah, Very insane. early contender for goal of the season. Yeah, um, un- unbelievable bike. The re- the Revs looked okay. Um, you know, uh, Legette getting the uh, getting the uh, the scoring started for for the Revs on the season. A new signing in the midfield. Um, Jones looked great on in the left back position. Um, I, I I'm confident with the side. I think it's just early on in the season. I think having those um, games against Cavalli getting canceled did kind of take a hit. Having that preseason run against competition and something that mattered uh, taken away from them, and having to to kind of play some closed door uh, matches against teams that aren't really up to up to their pace uh, didn't. Didn't really pay off for us, but uh, the Revs are at home this weekend against FC Dallas. Uh, 12.30 kickoff, so it's a it's an early game this weekend. Uh, Pat and I will be there with a group of 12. I'll be babysitting him and cooking the food for, for the group. Uh, cause what are you cooking bring... at an MLS tailgate, Mitch? Give us a rundown of what you're cooking. I So, so – we have some people bringing some hot dogs and burgers. I uh, I don't go that route when I tailgate. Uh, I'm going to do the same thing I do for Patriots tailgates. I'm going to do my world-famous steak tips, and I'm going to do some buffalo chicken dip. Um, I'm going to make that and, and use the grill to warm it up. Uh, those are those are my two kind of top dishes that, that I bring to the tailgate. Um, we're going to have cornhole. We're going to have a, a footy to kick around, and uh, we'll uh, we'll be having a good time. Is there anyone Yo. that ever brings like a, a console to a tailgate so you can just hit hit the FIFA links? That would, I, I mean, feel like that would take so much setup. You need a TV. You need like a generator to get everything you don't powered. Need a generator. I could I could run I could run a TV and a PlayStation off of uh of a Milwaukee like portable battery. Easy. That's so have, wild to me. They have two outlets on them too. I could do it, but I don't feel like bringing a TV with me. My PlayStation's not leaving my house. Yeah, so. yeah, that's not happening. We we only got a couple hours because, so at Gillette the, the parking lot's only open two and a half three hours before kickoff, um. So we're gonna have to get down there for like ten a.m. to really experience anything. So we're gonna be leaving Maine around six or seven, uh, Saturday morning. It's an early weekend for the boys. Uh, I can't wait. I'm thrilled. I'm excited. I really am thrilled to to go down and and watch some live football. It's 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 different. I'm I'm just so excited uh, for the Instagram content to come out on our page Saturday. Uh, like I'm gonna be leaving the house early too, probably like eight o'clock to get to Minneapolis. Uh, like I said, watching the game at the supporter bar and Liverpool West Ham, so it's gonna be a probably a cracking game. Probably fans there from both sides. 
and uh, the forecast for the Allianz is a little bit better than Honduras, but I think we're supposed to get one to five inches during the game. Uh, so it's going to be awesome snow-covered pitch. Uh, I'm looking forward to mine as well. We're going to have a time, boys. Yeah, we got. I think I think we're like a high of forty on Saturday in Foxborough, so it'll be chilly, but I uh, I don't think we have any precipitation. But uh, I'm just the 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 Fiorentina forecaster. I don't I don't talk <laughs> much about. We're gonna go brand new Revolution jersey over a hoodie with a beanie, some nice pants, and some wool socks, and I'm gonna be hammered. Wow, Go Rebs. my swag because I already have my outfit planned out. Well, that makes two of us. I'm rocking the night kit, baby. I love. Mitch, I you think so we're winning? in love with this. Yeah, I I think the Revolution have some nice kits this year too. I'm excited to get my hands on one. Uh, Mitch, you think we win in? I mean, we beat Dallas I, on I Saturday. Think so. Um, it was a con- it was a convincing draw for us on the weekend. I I think the boys uh, will have some good come their way um at home i think we see a little bit more out of josie altador i think he uh he looked solid in the short amount of time that he got on the pitch um so i'm just all in all excited to see what uh what bruce does with this team this year i agree josh how you feeling about minnesota going into the weekend uh like i said it was a tough game this past weekend philly isn't an easy team i mean they showed that resilience with their young squad in the, in the final like kind of like late playoffs last year uh when they lost everyone to covid um we put in a good showing robin Lodd scored a, a, a good goal he just keeps his scoring form on from last year really excited to just watch that front four uh continue front four of um we, we got a new guy I think his last name's Ariaga. Uh, used to be at Minnesota, like right when they were starting. Didn't work out. Uh, now he's back. So it'll be him and Adrian Hanu up top as the striker with Reynoso kind of in the 10. Robin Laud and Franco Fragapane out on the wings. Really exciting attack. The problem with Minnesota is just getting overrun in the midfield. Um, and our defense just a little slow. But uh, I'm going in hopeful. Nashville's not that good either. Um their best player is definitely Thor. Uh, so we'll go into it. I, I think we'll get three points, though. Especially at home, at the Allianz. I, I'm hearing there's TIFOs for the game, which is going to be sick. Uh, so I think the Wonderwall will be hype, full capacity. Uh, I'm pretty I'm pretty pumped. Oh, I can't wait to see that. Yeah, I, 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 I'm looking forward to both of our teams uh, this weekend here, so... Stay tuned to the Instagram for for the live feed of the two of us. Uh, other housekeeping things before we get into uh, you know previews for the upcoming weekend. I'm gonna talk plenty in like 10, 15 minutes. So before I do that, um, Mitchell and Josh, you guys want to talk about winning the soda cup for a little bit? One kiss is all it takes. <laughs> I, I I think this is the only time I've enjoyed this song is when it plays post game. Uh, no, I, I think Josh and I kind of nailed it last week with who we were going to see. Um, unfortunately, pregame Tiago, uh, having some muscle tightness in, uh, in the legs. So he was scratched right before kickoff. We saw Harvey Elliott get in there. Um, and, and we saw a absolute barn burner of, uh, of a soda cup final, um, yeah, that was actually one of the best nil nils I have ever seen. I'm gonna be it, totally honest. It, it the the only thing that rivals it is the City Liverpool game earlier this year. Um, just the the 120 minutes of pure football, back and forth football. Like it was it was so good. There were so many iconic moments that came out of this game. It's kind of hard to name all of them. Um, the 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 one that obviously everybody's talking about is. 119 minutes in, Keppa on, Mendy off. Yeah. I think we need to, let's, uh, can you guys still hear me okay? Yep. Perfect. Yep. Uh, let's, let's digress a little bit and get back to the beginning of the game because there's, yeah. I, I do feel like there's so much to talk about here. There um, is. For Chelsea, the first one I want to talk about is actually Mason Mount. Uh, a lot of blame is going on Keppa. Mason Mount miss, missed two absolute sitters 
uh, in front of net, and I think he needs more of a look. Uh, Pulisic missed a sitter as well. Um, so I think without putting all the blame on Kepa, Chelsea had plenty of chances to win it. Right. So did Liverpool. Uh, it was a cracking game. And I know it's a, a Soda Cup final. Say what you want about it. At the end of the day, it meant something because of how it played out. It, it felt like a Champions League final. Uh, when you have 85,000 people inside Wembley competing for a trophy, it's going to feel that way come the end of 120 minutes, which it just gives us some significance to the match, you know? I think the other big thing that um, we should look at is the amount of offsides that were called. Um, Chelsea just could not stay onside, and Liverpool held that line the best I've seen it in the last five years. That The way they positioned themselves all game, they did it so consistently, they never let up, and it paid off. Um, we, we've seen it bite us in the ass a lot, but it, it paid off in, in this game. Um, the Lukaku one was really, really, really close. That was that was very close. Uh, the, the shirt sleeve, it's tough because he's he's literally pointing to where he wants the ball. Virgil, it, I I honestly think that's that's a goal. I I think that's way too nitpicky, um, to to call that offside, uh, because Virgil's leg was like ahead of Lukaku, but the shirt sleeve is what we're calling now. It's just it's so nitpicky. I I do feel for Chelsea on that one, um, but when it comes down to it, they uh they the other what 15 chances before that they could have stayed on side they could have netted those sitters and and it didn't happen it's just the way the ball kind of fell that that day yeah and uh i almost think that might have been a little bit of a makeup call for i don't think joel Motip's goal should have uh been disallowed no. i think that was surely a goal uh and i think the lukaku one you know going off i think was fair we both you know, lost out on a, a good goal. Um, and then you went on Liverpool wins the match. Um, but yeah, I kind of want, I want Pat's take a little bit on this about the whole Mendy situation. Cause Mendy just stood on his head, arguably the man of the match. I would say for both teams, he just made yep. some stunning saves, especially that Virgil header at the end where he just dives across the goal line and the Mane double save at the beginning of the yep. game. Uh, is it worth putting on a pen specialist that hasn't touched the ball? I don't think so. I think you keep Mendy on for that. I was pretty surprised to see him sub Mendy off like that. Um, even even if it did pay off, I would still be saying the same thing. It's just odd to me. Um, and I, I, mean, I mean, I think you look at it, the last time Kepa was on in a cup final was the Carabao Cup final versus City a couple of years ago. And instead of being brought on, he refuses to come off, doesn't save a single penalty, and City go on to win that game on penalties too. Um, I think bringing Kepa on was a weird, a really, really weird decision. Um, I think Mendy was feeling himself that whole game. He had that insane double save he made in the first half. Um, I, I think a player who's that hot and, and is saving the way he is saving and is playing the way he's playing in that, um, there's no like size difference. It's not like Keppa's like six foot ten, and he covers more of the goal. Um, yeah, I I don't agree with that decision to bring him off. But at the same time, if he had done that and Keppa saves a penalty and you guys lose and, and Chelsea go on to win that, you know we're we're praising Tuchel as a tactical genius. It was just a a decision that didn't come off at the end of the day. Um, so I mean it is what it is. Uh, I think y you can say it what you want about Keppa. I, I think it's more. Uh, shitty that he didn't save a penalty rather than he missed it i think that's like the big thing to point out too um good on uh your the uh kelleher good on kelleher for scoring his pen it's not an easy thing to do not everyone can be joe hart and be great at scoring penalties as a goalie <laughs> um but you know great he scored his it was a really calm and composed finish good for the guy um i don't i think if anybody is slating keppa for missing his pen you're you're coming at him for the wrong thing. Um, yeah. You should be talking about the 
11 penalties he failed to save, not the one he failed to score. Do you think he was being a little weird in net with the mind games? Uh, we saw him go near post with the Virgil one, and just Virgil, yeah, that was the iciest penalty. That was funny. That was funny, and he stared him down after he scored just him, too. Just p- puts it near post, like, on the side with less room, and Kepa was just, I feel like, trying to do too much, and he looked a little bit silly, especially, it's like when you're going to play that game and you can't even cover the near side, it's, you look like a, you know, a dickhead. He didn't I, even, I, I think it's just speaks, he didn't even save a penalty, didn't save one penalty. Um, and I think that's Kelleher. really all you need to say. Neither did Kelleher. And that, yeah, and but Keppel was brought on as a penalty, right. penalty right. specialist, yeah. and he's a senior keeper. He's not right. a young, like, up-and-coming guy. But I, I think, I, I, I'm not more arsed about the, the, stuff he was doing on the line i was more upset with the amount of times keppel was spoken to for coming out standing on the spot and waiting and i think kelleher did a very veteran thing and that's taking care of the ball waiting till the player was ready and giving it to who our next penalty keep taker was i think that was a very pivotal thing that not a lot of people are looking at and saying okay that is that is decisive in in these moments because if Keppa's coming out, fucking with the spot, trying to play those mind games up in our up on our, our our players, you know Kelleher takes a lot of that out by holding onto the ball and waiting until Keppa's moved back to the line, and I think that took a lot of pressure off of our our penalty takers throughout. Um, Even I, when I he buries say... the penalty, he just runs past Keppa and gets right in position. I think that comes right, right from learning from Allison, now Claudio Taffarel, uh as one of the coaches as well. You have class in there. He's not going to fuck around and goal on a penalty shootout. And Adrian, a veteran Adrian. keeper in, in, in big moments. Um, I, think, I think Kelleher deserved every bit of praise that he got. He, he played an unbelievable game. He himself had a, a few very big saves. Um, obviously caught out of position on on three or four of them and then saved by the offsides throughout the game but the the way a a young keeper is able to stay composed and and ultimately have the the winning penalty um, which we don't see very often is is something really cool to see and I think it boosts Liverpool more than people think Um, it's it's a huge huge leg up uh, for the confidence the state of the squad and just the depth overall uh, moving forward, um, attacking the the rest yeah. of the trophies we're after the rest of the season. And, and not to like dwindle on this subject for too, too long, but I think a big portion of that too is like not getting that uh, parade or celebration that, you know, was promised with the premier league. This was like the first time since the pandemic where the fans really got to celebrate that. And I think winning any trophy was going to be sort of a release for our fans and it a hundred percent was uh, just the scenes at the end of that game. My favorite part of the match, honestly, was when they were lifting the trophy and that little scouse lad uh, just gets in the line. Allison brings him up. Jurgen has no idea who it is. I think he tries to get Jurgen's hat, and Jurgen tells him no. But Jurgen lets him lift the trophy, and it's just like I don't know. It, it made me. Ha- I was buzzing for like three hours, just like consuming all the videos I could. It was just like unbelievable. It, it felt like a big trophy. It, it really did. I think the quality of the play is, is really what brought it to that level. Like, obviously, people joke about it, but at the end of the day, when um, players from both sides are putting their bodies on the line for 120 minutes and putting on a show like that, it, it means more than than we give it credit. Yep, 100%. I'll remember that. Yeah, I'll remember it, that. No, Pat I like that you deserve. guys are saying this now after City win it four times in a row, but it matters when Liverpool win it. It matters when Liverpool win it. Some of those League Cup yeah. games did suck, though. Like, there was like 5-0-1. It's, no it's fine. It's fine. That was the FA Cup, not the okay. League Cup. Okay, my bad. Was that Watford? That was Watford in the FA Cup final. But hey, All we're I'm also, saying, we're, we all also I'm have saying, nine now. We also have I'm nine saying, now. We are at the top all of, I'm of that. All I'm saying uh, is it, it doesn't game. matter when City win it four times in a row. But I never said that. in Liverpool, when it once, we're talking about how prestigious it is and how important of a trophy it is. That's all I'm saying. No, that's all I'm, I'm say- saying. That's that's not what I'm saying in in this this aspect. I'm saying that having having a trophy at this point in the season for this Liverpool side, after what we've gone through for the last few years, it means more to us right now 
than I think people give it credit for. I I think it is the Carabao Cup. People people give it all the shit that they want to. It's the soda cup. Whatever. It's still a piece of silverware at the end of the day. It still counts. And both teams fought like it was a Champions League final. It was a cracking match. Yeah, that Fabinho uh, Paneca was <laughs> silly too. That was nice. Um, we can stop talking about Liverpool for Pat's sake <laughs> and, and move on to yeah. the probably the biggest subject I would say maybe in the past year in terms of significance going forward uh, besides yeah. the Super League and it's Roman Abramovich not only leaving Chelsea and giving uh, you know caretakership stewardship over to the Chelsea Foundation uh, but his intentions to sell the team very soon I what think it's good for for Chelsea I, I at the end of the day I think I think ultimately it will be a good move if they bring in the right ownership group um, I think just with where they are as a club, they've made a good foundation, but I think with all of the uncertainty, all of the BS going on outside of the game, I think at the end of the day, it's good to just let it be, like move on from it and, and let somebody else step up to, to run the club from the, the business end. Yeah, uh, I don't disagree with you there, Mitch. It, it's a tricky one, isn't it? Um, because yeah. this could shake this could shake Chelsea for the long run. Uh, it'd be one thing if the which I have a question later about the Newcastle owners. If it was the Newcastle owners and they had a boatload of money, whatever, um, that's one thing. We don't know necessarily know who is going to buy Chelsea and right. how they plan on managing it. Uh, Roman won a trophy every season a major trophy every season on average. So it's hard to really predict where this puts Chelsea moving forward. And I'm sure there's a lot of uncertainty in the club from their everyday employees to uh, Thomas Tuchel to all of the players. Uh, it really does shake Chelsea to its core. And I think some of the players looked a little bit bothered tonight against Luton Town. Um, we'll see how it impacts them moving forward. I think the timing yeah. sucks. The it's, timing sucks, but it, well, the timing rocks because it was important for Roman to get the fuck out because of what's going on in the world right now. Yes. Yeah, it, it feels very political to me. Um, duh. But it feels very political to me, uh, Roman leaving the club. And um, we're, we, we've mentioned this before. We're, we're, we're not, we don't talk about geopolitical issues here on the podcast. Um, we're not experts on anything. Uh, but it, it just it feels like Roman is... I mean, there was that whole thing that came out, right, that he wasn't, like, allowed in Britain, like, ever. Yep. After, or not, maybe not ever. You know, like I mentioned, we don't fucking know everything here. But after the, the stuff going on with Ukraine, you know, Roman Abramovich wasn't going to be allowed, you know, here. in Not here. I'm in a fucking Maine. In <laughs> England. You know, ever. And then with all of the stuff going around the world with, like, Russian, you know, fucking EA put out a thing today saying that they're taking all of the Russian players or not players, but the Russian clubs out of FIFA today and, you know, small things like that. And it, it, it feels like it's at this boiling point where Roman is just trying to distance himself from, you know, everything being Russian and, you know, someone will correct me if I'm wrong here, but I thought I read somewhere that he did have some, you know, relationship with Putin, and and I think that does play a part into his decision to step away from Chelsea and take the limelight on, take the limelight, the spotlight, whatever you want to call it, take it off of him, give the club to someone else, and uh, you know just kind of had my had had his, had his fun with Chelsea, and you know now he's done. There's a little too much heat on him, so to speak. At least is what it seems like, and he's just trying to lay low. And if this is him laying low by just kind of giving the club away, then that's what he's going to do. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, again, we're not geopolitical in any way, uh, but to you know, to kind of shed a little bit of insight on his his relationship with the big dogs in Russia, uh, the whole talks with Ukraine and Russia, I believe Monday of the the peace ceasefire talks, Roman Abramovich was at the table, a part of it. 
Um, so to do that and also be the face of Chelsea is just very weird from all angles. And I think that's why there's a rush on this. I wouldn't surprise if something happens within the next week. Um, my question to both of you, I guess, is if the Newcastle owners knew Chelsea was going to be for sale, because big clubs don't go for sale that often, should they have waited for Chelsea? What would have been the more attractive project? Because big clubs are a little bit harder to move. You're starting fresh with Newcastle, but Chelsea, you're already kind of built up. Which would have been the more attractive option for either of you? I think buying the European champions is definitely a more attractive thing. Um, I think that they can really do something with Newcastle, though. So I think they both kind of have their merit in buying them. Um, Yeah. I think, I think ultimately as, as like a business decision, I think Newcastle still holds more water than, than Chelsea in this kind of hypothetical situation Mm. because there's less hands in the bucket, so to speak. They can go in and have that financial takeover and, and really do what they want. Whereas Chelsea is a little bit more established. They are, uh, European champions, so like, I I don't think they'd have as much leeway to do the things that they want to do with their club. Um, at the end of the day, money does talk, so it's hard to say if they were to to wait out and buy Chelsea, what would happen. Uh, but I I think I think having Chelsea as an option, I I still think they go with with the Newcastle project. Um, there's just more ceiling, less floor. Yeah, you probably have more return on investment that way. Um, with the Newcastle owners, I guess, they're not really in it for the money, are they? I mean, it's uh, they're already, I mean, 100 billionaires, so it seems almost more like a FIFA project to them, which Chelsea, it's kind of like, you know, starting in the Premier League, it's not really, takes all the fun yeah. out of the game. One of their kids was on Football Manager and was like, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's let's go to Newcastle. <laughs> Always good times. Any more thoughts on Roman before we move on? Nah, no, I'm interested to out. see how it plays out. Yeah, exactly what Mitchell said. Perfect. Uh, we'll, we'll turn things over to Mitchell. We'll do an early version of the Fiorentina forecast. Okay. <laughs> Fiorentina just played in the Copa Italia and lost on a late goal to Juve. No, it wasn't a late goal to Juve. It was an own goal in the 91st minute, okay? Uh, Vlahovic had no impact on this game. I'm so arsed that this is the image that you decided to go with. Um, No, Fiorentina, so we're just going to jump right into it. We don't need no intro music or nothing. Fiorentina losing 1-0 on an own goal late in the the Coppa Italia. It's it's gut-wrenching, but at the end of the day, uh, it isn't a, the Serie A race. Uh, it has no impact on their position. And right now the boys in purple are sitting in eighth with the game in hand and two points shy of sixth place. So uh, we'll, 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 who, who do we got up next? Not a logistics company. I wasn't prepared. I was looking at it earlier. I think it's like uh, Verona. Is it Verona? It is Verona. Uh, the boys are playing Verona this weekend. Uh, heavily favored um, Fiorentina's way here. Uh, right now, Verona is sitting in ninth, uh, two points behind Fiorentina. So it is a, uh, a battle of eighth and ninth right here, but the statistics are, are favoring uh, Fiorentina in this match. Uh, I, I'm assuming, not assuming, I'm predicting that they bounce back from their 2-1 loss to Sassuolo. Um, again, a, a tough match there, uh, losing on a late goal, uh, sitting on a red card. So it's been a it's been a rough week for, for the Violas, but I think they do bounce back against Verona here this weekend. I love that you've just picked up a third club, like, in the midst of doing this podcast. <laughs> I ride by I ride by what I say. They are finishing sixth place this year. I was actually kind of upset by the game because I had uh I had two I actually put two bets down on the Coppa Italia. I had uh, AC Milan and Inter under two point five. That one finished nil nil, and I had a draw money line for this one. So that late goal kind of shattered that. Uh, it was like thirty seconds left in, yeah. in added time. It was it's tough. 
it was just a funky ball in through traffic hit i forget even who it hit off of i don't think it was malinka uh malinkovich but went in off a defender uh almost saved it off the goal line but didn't happen and uh Bahovic was in their pocket all day so he makes the graphic though. um i i guess we'll move things on to the the games for this weekend we'll, we'll touch on all the prem ones after uh maybe give some quick quick predictions this won't be final bets or anything we'll release those probably this weekend um but pat why don't you take us away with the manchester derby i'm gonna take the piss here a little bit Josh is just taking the piss on both of us. All right. So here's what my logical brain says about this. And then I'll give you what my Manchester City fan heart says about this game. My logical brain says Man United cannot score goals, cannot defend. They are shambolic. Ronaldo has been in and out of the goals the past few weeks. Uh, Bruno has looked pretty meh in big games. And United as a whole, uh, the players look disinterested and they all just look like they cannot wait for this season to end. So City should win comfortably. We're at home. Um, should be no problem. Big game, big derby game. Players will feel up for it. A lot of pressure with Liverpool behind them. They're going to need to perform. That's what my head says. That's what my logical head says about how the Manchester Derby is going to go. Now, here's what uh, the City fan in me says. Um, United are absolutely going to turn up for this game for whatever fucking reason. They just are. Um, Ole is no longer at the club, so the curse of Ole beating Pep every single time they fucking play is no more. So that's a good thing for us. Um, the bad things for us are for also, for whatever reason, uh, the away team has been heavily favored in the Manchester Derby the past three or four years. So uh, Bruno's going to score a hat trick. Ronaldo's going to score a hat trick. We're going to lose 7-0. Uh, Marcus Rashford's going to score a pen in the 94th minute. Um, De Bruyne is going to get sent off. Uh, Ederson is going to get sent off. And there's going to be uh, a fist fight in the locker room after. And that's the Manchester Derby. Um, in all seriousness, though, I do think City are going to win this game. Um, I think the logic will prevail over my heart at the end of the day. Uh, United just don't look particularly good or interested. Um, and it absolutely looks like um, it's a player's thing. And it feels like it's always been a player's thing with that club re- you know, recently. Um, hasn't really been a managerial thing. Um, I think we gave all a lot of stick for underperforming this, that, everything in between. Uh, Ralph has come in. Absolutely nothing has changed. And at the end of the day... Uh, you can't coach Bruno and Ronaldo missing sitters in their you know most recent draw. You can't coach that. It's just a player's thing. You can't coach work ethic. You can't coach guys looking like they want to be there at the end of the day. That that is a mentality thing. And um, I, I really do think that you know despite Ole being a gym teacher and a shit manager, um, it's a player's thing. There's a lot of things that need to change internally with United. Um, and I don't think that this Sunday will be the day anything changes. Um, I think City win. I might do the thing. I... Is this another bogey game? <laughs> I think they win. I, I got the first bogey game right. I have to do some more thinking. So Man City is the favorites. Their money line odds are minus 260. Uh, Man United's odds are plus 750. So they are the heavy, heavy underdogs. Um... I don't know. Pat Pat's completely right with everything he's saying. Um, I totally think Man United are a shambles. I've made fun of them all year. I enjoy making fun of them and watching them lose and suffer. But this but is the type of game that they would show up for. This feel this feels like a trap. This feels like the day I'm not gonna sit here and say you're wrong. It's not a bogey game like I was with the Tottenham game. Uh, this feels like a trap. This feels like Paul Pogba plays the only good game of the season. I, th- I think you missed a key fact in your uh, assessment, Patrick, that also kind of stacks the cards for United in this one. It's that City have lost two out of their three games this season at home, um, which which kind of adds to that 
that kind of lingering feeling of could could this be the day that United turn it on? And as Liverpool fans, of course we fucking hate United as well. Like the only things we tend to agree on is we hate each other and we hate United. And I just I it does feel like that bogey game is coming again. And I think, you know, we'll just have to wait and see on this one. Cause I don't want to say too much to incriminate myself uh, and make Pat hate me. Cause I have to listen to him for six and a half hours <laughs> uh, in the car uh, on Saturday. So I'm just going to sit back and say, this is, this is going to be a two, one city win. I think if Guardiola gets the lineup right, there's not much of a problem. And I think if the players are up for it, there's not much of a problem. Um, obviously, it's a derby. Anything can happen. Um, so I'm going to ride for my guys and say City are going to win this game. But uh, don't, I won't be surprised if I'm sitting on this podcast next week extremely depressed because Liverpool just you know took the lead at the top of the table. And, you know, we made it 35 minutes into this podcast, and uh, we haven't brought this up yet, Pat, and we almost let you get away with it by the skin of your teeth. Um, but I think now is your time to take the stand on this Rodri handball situation. Did you steal um, two points from Everton or one point from Everton? Um, okay, so two things. One, definitely a handball. not going to deny that. But um, we went two – we were drawing 2-2. Two, two with Tottenham a week ago off a penalty in the 92nd minute, and then we lost in the 95th. So I get it. Everton should have had a penalty. They absolutely should have been able to take this hypothetical penalty and have this hypothetical chance to score this hypothetical goal to give them a hypothetical one point. But that didn't happen. And we can see that anything can happen in the game of football, i.e. City losing in the 95th minute after equalizing in the 92nd. So yes, Everton absolutely should have had a penalty and they should have had the opportunity to equalize the game. But I don't think we just blatantly stole a point from them. We stole a goal scoring opportunity from them. Sure. Sure. I'll give them that. We stole a penalty. They should have had that chance. It was yeah. a pen. And if that, if you guys get away with that, I am on the podcast the next week imploding because right. that's a penalty, but it wasn't called. And if Richarlison was offsides in the buildup, then there shouldn't have been a penalty in the first place because there was an offsides before that. That was such a mess, honestly. I was fine. If it was offsides, it's like, okay, whatever. Uh, nothing to really uh, bitch and moan about. But the fact there was like a disagreement between the Premier League and the referee, uh, and Chris Cavanaugh <laughs> was on VAR, which is all you really need to know. Yeah. Also, them apologizing them them calling Everton and apologizing is the biggest crock of shit I have ever heard in my fucking entire life like get get fucking get over it yeah, yeah exactly I just, I just I I think Kavanaugh and Tierney really do need to be held accountable for what they did in in that situation it was piss poor to not even go look at it in the first place and the lack of communication and the inconsistency from the league and its officials is just disgusting. We're seeing it time and time again, and it's not getting better. The The officials are being hidden from these piss-poor decisions, and it's, it's, it's adding to bullshit. It's just creating more, like, poor products, poor outcomes – and, and bad taste in both the players and fans' mouths. And, yep. like, who answers for it? Nobody. Nobody has to answer, answer for it. We just all move on and forget it ever fucking happened. And it's it's getting tiring. Like, I I don't think Everton hold on to, to, to keep that point at that point. Like, City obviously had all the momentum. It It's just frustrating to have these continued decisions or – inconsistency in a flag or uh, an official going over to check the VAR. Why, why, why is it so different than every other major sporting event where officials are mic'd up? Officials have transparency. We hear the calls from the officials' mouths. Why is that not a thing at this point? Yeah, spot and that's really all I have to say for, for it. Spot on. Yeah, I agree. 
spot on. Um, I think they do have to be held accountable, and it was just shocking. Paul Tierney's just had a shocking year, and if he doesn't get some sort of look from the Premier League after this year, it's just that would be a disgrace. Um, I think the next thing that they really have to do is interviews after the match. They make coaches and players do them, make the officials do them as well. Um, it's just shocking at the end of the day. And Lampard has a 100% right to be at ma- mad um, because he's in a relegation battle. His results are ultimately going to be determined in the next two to three months. So two points in, in a game he could have you know, got a point from at, against Man City, a really big side, uh, when it matters, he's going to be pissed off. Those two points would put them even with Brentford at fifth. At, uh, sorry, a, an extra point would put yeah. them even with Leeds with 23. And they have two games in hand on Leeds and three on Brentford. It, it, these decisions do matter. And yep. honestly, it feels like my hot take of Everton getting relegated is getting closer to coming true. They're a point out of the relegation zone. Their last five matches, Chelsea, Liverpool, Leicester, Brentford, Arsenal. Their last five matches of the the season. They they also have to face Tottenham this weekend. They have to face uh, West Ham, Newcastle, Watford, and United. Like, these are big, big games for Everton. And we may not see them in the Premier League next year because of small decisions like this that that take place throughout the season obviously rafa ran through that club and and sitting on 22 points at this point shouldn't be where they are but it is and they have to get results to make sure that they stay up and little decisions like this that nobody has to answer to it it makes a difference they could kiss goodbye to Bramley Moore Doc if that happens. Uh, <laughs> I would fucking laugh about it too. Um, my only other thing you brought up leads. Um, what did you guys think of Marcelo Bielsa getting fired? Jesse Marsh in at Leeds. Uh, shocking news just because of Bielsa's transformation of that club in the past four years. Um, I am now officially rooting for Leeds because they have an American coach. <laughs> yeah, I think it's harsh. I agree. Um, Bielsa, Bielsa cemented himself in the Leeds lore uh, for what he's done to transform this club, bring them back up to the top flight, and j- then they just show him the door like that. I, I think it was rushed. I think it was was harsh. I think I think if they were going to make a decision like that, it's just best to wait till the end of the season. Now you're leaving the club. albeit in good hands jesse marsh is marsh is a phenomenal manager but i think it just adds a little bit of uncertainty with 12 games left in on the year like okay let's transform this and stay up at this point yeah it's an odd one um i could have saw them going for a more temporary solution like an allardyce or something like that just to hold over um, and then get Marsh. It's a weird time to appoint a transformational guy like that. You know what I mean? It's a little late. Yeah. So it, it's a little late in the season. So we'll see how how it goes. But if Marsh is the Marsh is the ticket, and he somehow holds leads up over Everton, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be a topic all summer. Yeah, for sure. Um, we'll we'll run through some Premier League games just really quick. You guys can give your favorite maybe. Um, first one, Saturday morning, Leicester versus Leeds. Speaking of managers on their hot seats, Brendan Rodgers needs to win this one. Yeah, I think he does, um, especially with just everything that's happened at Leeds uh, over the last week. I, I see Leicester getting three points in this matchup. Um, Leeds have, have lost four out of their last five. No wins. Um, so it's it just seems like Leicester will have a, a little bit easier route to a win here. Yeah, I think Leicester should definitely come away with the three points, but my heart says high-scoring draw, so I'm going with that. I was going to say draw as well. Um, again, picks will be out late. Official picks will be out uh, this weekend. Burnley-Chelsea, that's a, that's a tough one for the Chelsea coming off of a, a hard-fought win against Luton and that news about Roman. Um, I think Chelsea will win this one, but I don't think it'll be easy. At Turf Moor as well. 
Yeah, I think Chelsea Chelsea win this game, but it's not an easy one. Um, maybe one nil. I don't know. Burnley fucking suck. That's the thing. They're so fucking bad. Wow, Weghorst has uh, done pretty well since he's been coming in, though. Yeah, but that's one player. The te- their team is terrible. Yeah, you're not wrong. Losing Chris Wood hurt them. Meow. Uh, Wolves Crystal Palace. Uh, that's an interesting one. I think Wolves will probably see that one out. Who's the home team? Wolves at the Molyneux. Hmm. Hmm. I like Palace. I like Ooh. Palace here. Palace are the big I underdogs. I still Palace are kind of hot, and if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but aren't Palace all right away from home this year? They are. Yeah, so I don't know. I like Palace. I like Palace in this one. I'm 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 gonna say two two draw. I think I think yeah I, th- I think Wolves take take the early lead, um, but fail to hold on to the three points. That Wolves... far too safe, Mitchell. You're a coward. <laughs> that Wolves defense is just so good, man. Uh, we 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 don't have to touch on this too much, but um, we talked about eight Nori and. Uh, Jose saw a net too. There's just standout players in that team, and uh, they're one to watch for next year if they get a couple additions in the summer. Um, Villa Southampton is next. That's at Villa Park. Uh, that could be a pretty fun one, honestly. Two teams that aren't kind of in the middle of the pack. Jared's trying to rebuild that form he had when he first got in. I'd probably go Villa. I don't know about yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, mm, yeah, I'm with Mitch. I'm not 100% sure about this one no. either. Southampton has I been like pretty Villa. good. I want to say Villa, but Southampton are doing everything in their power to make me as wrong as humanly possible for saying they're getting relegated. <laughs> um, they are sitting in ninth. They're, a little, they're doing a little bit better than Villa on, on the season. Uh, form, they're even-ish. They're, they look about the same when you look at the form guide. Um, I'm going to go draw. I like 1-1 one, one draw here. It's a fair show. I'm, I like I'm draw. Ta- I'm taking Southampton in this one. Um, Villa are winless in their last six um, league games at home or against Southampton. Um, two draws and, and four losses. And they're, uh, they've lost three in a row, conceding 11 goals. Um, I just I don't think Villa find their footing here. I think Southampton, um, they're unbeaten in their last five Premier League games. I, I just think they take their their hot streak um, through Villa here. Yeah, I'm gonna say two one. It's a good shout as well. Um, Newcastle versus Brighton at St James. Uh, I'll go Newcastle. We we talked about Newcastle this past weekend. I think they're unbeaten in six now. Uh, they're on a great run of form. Yeah, I can't. I can't disagree with that. Norwich Brentford is the next one. Norwich are just—they're awful, man. Yeah, but Brentford are in pretty bad form right now too, aren't they? And Norwich are trying to play. Yeah, you're not wrong. Brentford have taken a, a nosedive in the middle of the season, but ugh. That first half today against Liverpool, Norwich were fucking bad. Yeah, there's just yeah, but that's fucking Liverpool. What do you want them to do? It's Liverpool. No, but it was it wasn't here's like. Some, here's the context for you. Josh Sargent came on and was Norwich's best player today. Like Norwich, just no drive, no vision. They started putting the pieces together around the seventy minute mark. It's just Norwich aren't playing a lick of inspired ball right now. And I think Brentford are able to come in and take take advantage of, of Norwich and gain some form back here. Um, I, I just I don't see how Norwich can can put together a win, um, as, especially after today's performance. Yeah, that's fair. Um, Liverpool, West Ham at Anfield. I think this one reverse fixture was obviously the 3-2 game at the London Stadium. Uh, West Ham won that one. Liverpool will be without Thiago. Um, I think Bobby still. But we got to rest most of our starters today. 
Only starters that played in the midweek will be Hendo, Allison, and Jota. Um, I think a well-rested Liverpool side will easily slide past West Ham, especially considering they're not in the best of form. As much as I hate you, you're right. Yeah, this is gonna be you. Uh, easy this is points. not the game where this is. Yeah, this is not the game where a Premier League team makes me feel more safe about the top of the table. <laughs> you will be beating West Ham. <laughs> uh, Watford versus Arsenal is next. This one's at Vicarage Road. Uh, Arsenal. I think I'll, Arsenal I'll are gonna go beat Arsenal them. as well. Of I course, you're gonna go well. Arsenal. Watford's a bad team. <laughs> the only team you think they can beat. That's yeah, fair. this is actually an this is actually a Gunners podcast now. Uh, three votes Arsenal. We already talked about the Derby, um, and Monday Night Football: Tottenham versus Everton. <laughs> Tottenham. Are well, what just... are you What are you guys predicting for the What are you guys predicting for the Derby before you know? Oh, yeah. If I'm right, if I'm right, and City win, and somebody on this podcast is saying they're going to lose, I need I need that assurance for myself. You know, I I said two one, City. already so i'm gonna stick with it i don't want that to be the result but i'm gonna stick with 2-1 city i'm going 1-1 draw bogey game <laughs> and then uh... low-key darby <laughs> <laughs> just slide that in yeah let's move on it's <laughs> the bogey darby <laughs> the bogey darby um yeah tottenham everton monday night football this is uh like the two teams in utter shambles. Uh, I can't see Conte lasting much more at Spurs. Who'd they even I like lose a... to the other night? Burnley? No, they uh, lost in the FA Cup to a really bad... Um, Middlesbrough. Middlesbrough. They lost to Middlesbrough in the 107th minute. <laughs> we need to get Farwell back on the podcast immediately. We need to make sure he's I okay. sent him the scoreline. I just sent him the score line the other day. I wonder if the conversation is still there. Hold up. I, I think Tottenham will beat Everton. Well, well Pat's looking for that. Um, it's not. Uh, I just sent him the score line. He said, sounds like Spurs. I said, beat the champions twice in the same season. Lose to Bre- lose to Middlesbrough. Just Tottenham things. Yeah, it's a tough scene, man. Tough, tough scene. I think they have enough to get by Everton, but... uh. Yeah. Who fucking knows, dude? Yeah, that's a tough one to call, honestly. Wanna know what the I think that thing is? Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Pat. I feel like Tottenham are dog shit, but Everton like literally need points to get out of like this potential relegation battle that they're in. Uh, I favor Everton a little bit. I think they're gonna be fucking pissed after losing to City. Um, and I think uh, this will put Lampard's managerial medal to the test, and I, I think he'll pass this single. The singular test. I think Everton are going to win this one. I hope the fuck they don't. <laughs> uh, you boys want to? We we have so much football. Yeah, to look we forward do. to the next week. Do we want to tuck into some UCL? Yeah, we have four four games to re kind of retouch on. Yep. Mm. Second legs, baby. Second legs. Uh, so we got Real Madrid PSG. I think that's the first one. That's the one that everybody wants to talk about. Um, Real Madrid. One one nil. They lost one nil to PSG. Yeah, PSG Mbappe. Mbappe scored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah, was yeah. a prolific Mbappe goal. Yes, yes, yes. So Mbappe puts him one nil up. In Paris, they're going back to the Bernabeu. No such thing as away goals. Uh, I like Madrid. I like Madrid. I, do, I don't know I what do it too. is. I know I liked him in the last leg and they lost, but I'm saying I like him again. I think they get the job done at the Bernabeu. Ooh, but but here's what's making me second guess that. The Bernabeu is Messi's second home. <laughs> Enough of that. There's something so, about so, that stadium that makes that man play differently. So is this the same thing as Ronaldo against Atletico that we're talking about? Is this like the same comparison? Yeah, but Messi's better than Ronaldo, so it's, it's just different. I, I yeah. agree with you. Man. Two, I two agree league with you. goals. But Messi He's has a playmaker a, now. 
<laughs> Messi hasn't hasn't been messy this year. It hasn't been the smooth transition that I think most people would have expected. He's always going to be messy to me. You can't chat like that, and I'm not going to hear any of it. He's always going to be messy to me. I I do favor Madrid here. I say I say Madrid wins this, uh, three one. I'm going back on it. I think PSG are getting through. I'm saying PSG. I'm siding with Mitch here. This game has like Benzema brace written all over it. Uh, yeah, followed by a messy hat trick. No chance. <laughs> <laughs> I like PSG. I like PSG in this one. I think Mbappe is going to put on a show at his new home. And I think Messi's going to enjoy himself at his second training ground. Uh, Mbappe gets a goal. Messi gets an assist. And it's a 1-1 draw. PSG go through 2-1 on our aggregate. It's a good show. I mean, that's a, that's a, it's just a tough one to call. So close. Um, next one's Man City Sporting. These are also... For this some, one's really close, for, too. For some... Kidding. Enough hey, of that. Don't score, this city can score five in, on the road. Uh, sporting can, too. They can, they can <laughs> score six. It ain't going to happen. It ain't going to happen. I think this one was done and dusted before halftime in yeah. the uh, the first leg. Um, City are, are clear through on, on this one. I think yeah. City start the B team and we win 2-1. For some reason, they flip-flop the match days. So now that these set of games are on Wednesday and the other ones are on Tuesday for some odd reason. Um, but yeah, game's done and dusted. Nothing really in it. Um, like I said, City start the B team. We win two one. Go through seven seven one on aggregate. Uh, really, really sorry, Portugal. <laughs> nah, me and Liverpool's Mitch. Or me and Mitch's Liverpool. Wow, that was bad. I uh, am Josh and Liverpool's possession. Yes. The whole the whole headphone thing. Hearing yourself talk, it, I can't do that. Um, we're going in two 0 up on Inter at Anfield. I don't see any way Liverpool doesn't advance here i I think inter have a a a lot of fight in them i think it's going to be a close game um but i don't see them able to to bounce back here they had a lot of really good chances i think the anfield noise is going to help with that pressure early on that we saw in the first leg um I, I see Liverpool moving on. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say two one Liverpool in this game. Inter stinks right now too. They have two wins in their last seven in all competitions. Um, they're just getting beat up by like Milan, like AC Milan, and we smacked AC Milan earlier in the year. I just don't see Inter didn't really scare me in that first game too much. Uh, kind of a snatching grab win. Jota with just two calm goals, and I see the same thing happening in this one. Um, yeah, especially at Anfield. I favor you guys pretty heavily yeah. in this leg. A European night knockout. No chance. Uh, last one, Bayern. Unless you're Atletico Madrid. <laughs> Fuck off. Uh, Bayern and Salzburg is the last one. That one's at one all right now, but they have to go back to the Allianz and Munich. I think Bayern do the job at home. Yep. Couldn't agree more with that. I think Salzburg, you know, they got their point and their, their night of celebration of sticking with Bayern for one leg. It's not gonna. Uh, yeah, stay I think I think Bayern turn it on away from home and or not away from home at home, yep. and uh, end up taking the, taking it comfortably two 0 maybe. No, you're back. I don't believe so. No. Ooh, maybe not then. And Davies not back either. So no. Well, Davies That's... is I think less of a less of a blow than than Neuer. Right. Right. But still, two big pieces of that Bayern side missing out. So. Salzburg, I wouldn't count them out yet, but I I do see um, Bayern moving on here. Mm -hmm. All good shouts, and uh, yeah, we'll see what happens next week. Definitely cover it in next week's podcast. Do we have any other things to touch on, guys? I have nothing to say aside from come on, City. Up the revs. Yeah, Reds. actually, fuck Reds. yeah. Up the, Re- up the Revs, fuck the Reds. Come on, City, let's go, New England. Up the up the quadruple Reds. We're, we're winning the quadruple. First team Abs- to do it. it ha- it's happening. The confidence is high on the Red side of Merseyside. I thought it's about not it. As- I thought about on the graphic today putting a Carabao Cup 
uh, that's really small next to me and Mitchell, and we can have like a, a trophy graphic as the year goes on. We can have yeah. a little trophy cabinet. I like it. I like it. I'm okay with it as long as you stick to it when that's the only trophy you win this year. <laughs> we bring Farrell on, and his is just empty for history. Dust. It's cobwebs. <laughs> Just a little spike. No, you you give him the we beat city twice in the season trophy. Oh yeah, not a, yeah, not a, just make make him a little circle pin like it's my first trip yeah. to Disney. <laughs> That's the uh, podcast, guys. Uh, it's been a fun hour with you all. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, like and share with all your friends. A- any final words of wisdom, guys? None, None whatsoever. I hope everybody has a blessed day. Um, can't wait to be as always this weekend. Yes. yes. Can't wait for that. As always thoughts with everybody in Ukraine. Hope the situation gets solved as soon as possible. Yes, sir. Deuces. Peace. Mm-hmm.